0: We'll Hi, everybody, and welcome to Tour Guide Tell All, your friendly neighborhood tour guides where your podcast uh, sharing a little bit of the strange and interesting side of Washington, D.C. I am really, really excited today. We've got a special guest on the podcast, which we don't do very often, so it's fun to have a fresh face. She is authoring a really exciting book, which by the time you guys hear this, it will be available for purchase uh, and to help you plan all your summer adventures. So I want everyone to say hello to Joanne
1: Hill. Hi, everyone. It's so great to be here. I'm so excited to be on this podcast and to share some really fun and quirky little stories and hidden histories from my book, Secret Washington, D.C. So thanks for having me.
0: I'm really excited. I I just have to say briefly that Joanne reached out to the podcast about her book, uh, wanting to share it with us. And we were all really excited. And at the time we got the email and we're like, that's cool. Then like total kismet, a few weeks later, we were both at an event with our um, very good friends at a tour of her own, uh, which we talk about a lot on the podcast. We've had Caitlin, the founder on the podcast, and we were at a a tour of her own event. And you and I just started chatting and geeking out. And I felt like we became instant friends.
1: Absolutely, and then when we kind of made the connection that, wow, I had reached out to you a couple weeks before that, we had met, we kind of reconnected, it all just seemed like the stars were aligning, the universe was working in our favor, and it brought us together, so what a nice small world, huh?
0: It's like my favorite thing about DC too, is like we have all the perks of a huge city, there's so much going on, but I feel like we have the community of a small city, and I love that. Like I love that it's so easy to connect and overlap with people who are doing cool things. Um, before we talk about the book, though, I would love just to hear a little bit about you. Um, you know, kind of your background, your experience in DC as
1: a local, um, and so a little bit about about you. Sure, great. Um, yep. So I've lived in the D.C. area for about 19 years with my husband and our dog Jackson. Um, I am originally from Pennsylvania. My husband's from the New York area, and we we moved here in the very early 2000s, and um, and I, we've lived here ever since. We came to D.C. thinking that it would be a very temporary move. That we were we came here for my husband's job, and. Nineteen plus years later, we're here, um, and we—I mean, of course, this is home now. So I, neither of us can either—we can't even imagine leaving at this point. This is our adopted home city. Um, we've lived all around the city, and even in um, in Maryland as well. So, um, I was a public school teacher for DC Public Schools for seventeen years. I actually just finished my career last school year, um, and so I left teaching to open up a tutoring company which also services the DC area. So I still work in education, but in a very different realm, um, but still working with families all across the city, as well as Northern Virginia and Montgomery County. And so that's been great as well. Um, and for the last, I would say about six years or so, I've been writing a blog and the blog is dcglobejotters.org And the blog focuses on DC living DC restaurants, I'm a big foodie, um, as well as global travels and adventures. And so that blog kind of um, it, it built and built and built. And I learned a lot more about the city and I explored a lot more. And I'm also just someone who loves to go on walking tours and to travel around the city and explore kind of weird, unknown places. And so a friend of mine who wrote a book with, for the same publishing company, reached out to me and said, I think you should write a book. And so that kind of, is how it all started. Uh, but it was the blog that eventually led into this book more, more or less.
0: That's incredible. I love the blog. I went into like a dive on it when we met because I also love DC food and it's been a little different with the pandemic, you know, trying to do takeout more so and that sort of thing as opposed to going in person. But I have like used your blog posts on restaurants to plan where we're going to be eating as we start going out more and more. Uh, Cause you always seem to have like the coolest, best, most interesting restaurants in your blog. And like, I think I know what's up and then I'm reading and I'm like, how have I not heard of half of these restaurants yet?
1: Yeah. Well, thank you. It's funny. My husband always jokes that when I plan trips, I really am planning restaurants and food. And then I plan the trip around the food and the restaurants and the markets we're going to visit. So it, uh, yeah, food is definitely a passion of mine for sure.
0: So um, I'm really excited about this book because I don't think it's sort of the typical DC book. Uh, You know, you could walk into any store in the city and see lots and lots of guidebooks for DC. Um, There's lots of history books about DC, although a lot of them really focus on kind of the, the city as a capital city more so than the city itself. Or there's a lot of little micro histories that get really nitty gritty. What makes your book sort of different?
1: Yeah. So you're right. I think when a lot of people think about DC and tourists and locals alike, they really think mostly first and foremost about its monuments and memorials and world-renowned museums and the seat of government here. I mean, and and that's all part of the city and they're all integral parts of Washington, DC, of course. Um, But there's also so much of DC that I think many individuals including locals i have friends who have lived here their entire lives who i told some stories about for my book and they had no idea or even kind of off the beaten path locations that they had no idea existed so in my book i definitely do mention places like the jefferson and lincoln and world war ii memorials i mean it's kind of and the white house it's kind of hard not to include those places but it's less about when you go to the jefferson memorial you see this or that and so forth it's more about weird or unknown stories about those places, right? And so for example, at the Jefferson Memorial, there is this very strange law that actually there is, public dancing is prohibited at the Jefferson Memorial. And not only is it prohibited, but people have actually been arrested for doing that. So instead of the book focusing on the history of Thomas Jefferson, which is of course fascinating, um, it focuses more on the quirky side of, did you know about this strange law there or, Instead of knowing or uh, learning about the Museum of um, National Museum of American Indian, my book touches on actually the museum is now the location of a former brothel. And so, and the former brothel was actually a very prosperous, really successful brothel that was owned by a very prosperous and prominent woman in DC, Marianne Hall. Um, and so, You know, it gives you kind of the other side of DC. It gives you um, some quirky kind of stories, the rich history, um, controversies, scandals, all of those things that also make up DC and make up the really kind of fun and exciting part beyond just going to the National Mall and visiting the museums and monuments. That
0: sounds so great. (laughs) That's I think a lot of what we try to do as tour guides is we try to you know we obviously want to show people the parts of D.C. you should see, which we think includes all of that great stuff, the monuments and the memorials, in addition to the neighborhoods. But we're trying to hopefully give people a different perspective or a different take. Uh, So I love that your book is really doing that. And I think that that's something more locals could use, too. Uh, I think uh, one benefit or silver lining of the pandemic year was it had a lot of people who lived here all of a sudden sort of playing tourists in their own town and wanting to get out. And we've really seen a renewed interest from locals in wanting to know more about the city and to see it in a new way. Absolutely.
1: And I think it's funny, I started writing the book before the pandemic. And it was actually um, the release date was delayed because of the pandemic and a lot of book uh, publication dates were postponed. Um, but that also gave me more time to write. And so once I was in the pen, once the pandemic happened and we were on lockdown, I spent a lot of time writing. And I also noticed the shift of my writing. Um, I started thinking also about through the lens of more outdoor places that people could visit because I knew that that was going to be something that was much more desirable and much more needed at this time. So um, in my book, there are 84 entries or stories, if you will, in my book. Um, The majority, many of them are outside, um, are free because of that. many are family friendly although summer you know the stories like the brothels and so forth may not be as family friendly although they are fascinating um and so it just it things shifted just because it was kind of a response of okay people are locked down but they can explore dc right we can go outside and play tourist in our own city and really learn more about the city that we call home that i think a lot of us including me take for granted right i mean How many years have I gone running or riding my bike along the National Mall? And just said, oh, like, you're surrounded by all these amazing, iconic landmarks. You take it for granted at some point, right? Um, But I think just getting outside more and really realizing um, the benefits of getting outside and exploring has, um, I think, will benefit a lot of people, Um, tourists, of course, but locals who call DC home as well.
0: That's really great. I'm really uh, excited to see how locals sort of interact with this. Uh, I can imagine like getting together a group of people and like grabbing the book and being like, let's go find five places and have fun with it. Um, I think it will make like a great summer activity for people who are looking to get together and socialize and bond now as uh, everything's starting to lift back up. Yeah, absolutely. I'm definitely a little interested coming from like the tour guide historian perspective about how you sort of um, determined which sites to include and kind of how you went about your research. Were you sort of reaching out to some sites? Were you digging into like, were there DC blogs or books that you found really useful? Uh, I'm just really curious about your process.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So, um, when I first signed on for this book, so I've been a writer for years, but I, I have never thought of myself as a historian, right? Um, I'm interested by, uh, about history and so forth, but I knew that I had to seek out individuals who were much more knowledgeable than me. So um, as I said, I was a teacher for years, and so there is a parent, a former parent from my school, Uh, His name is Tim Krepp. He is a, do you know him? You know him, right? Friend
0: of the pod. Uh, No, good friend of ours, Tim Krepp, our favorite Twitter curmudgeon. Let me tell you. (laughs) We loved him.
1: We all love him and everyone knows him and he's just, he's so great. But he was my first source of contact. And so I reached out to him and I said, can I, um, can we meet for coffee and can you tell me all the things that you know? And so did he, you guys meet at
0: Peregrine? I have to know. We did. Of course yeah. we
1: did. We did. <laughs> and we sat outside and we drank coffee and I had, I literally can remember the day I sat with my computer with my laptop and he just starts rattling off stories, 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 places, look into this, contact this person. And I'm just like, okay, wait, ho- hold on. Can, can you backtrack? And so I'm like taking all these notes. So he literally gave me, I probably used about 25 to 30 of the places he mentioned that I actually included in my book. And of course some he just mentioned and I and then I started really digging deeper. And so the research took on many forms of course I used the internet a lot. Um, I, I used his book, his ghost book. Um, I also, I used sites like DCist, Atlas Obscura, Washington Post. I mean, I went on so many DC related, Library of Congress, so many. I went on a lot of walking tours. I visited a lot of places, um, but of course as, and I reached out to a lot of organizations so like Washington.org helped a lot. Um, I reached out to the Library of Congress. I had to reach out to a lot of places for photographs as well to include in my book. Um, And as you reach out to people, they recommend other places, right? And so it kind of snowballed in the best possible way. Um, I also had, I have another friend who her neighbor's a tour guide. And so she spoke with me on the phone at length and gave me a whole new bevy of other places to look into. And so you know, on a given Saturday afternoon, I would kind of drag my husband, who was very, very willing (laughs) uh, to go to, we have to go see this obscure park, or we have to go out to Maryland and go to a ghost town, or we need to, you know, all the things, we have to visit the cemetery and so forth. And so it was a lot of visiting places, interviewing tour guides. I met fascinating people who are included in my book, um, artists, musicians, individuals who I never probably would have ever crossed paths with before. Um, and now a few of them I would consider friends because we've just, we've talked so much. Um, and so it took on its kind of life of its own, but yes, I, I, a lot of research was involved and there were places that I thought would be really great entries that ended up not being as interesting as I, as I originally thought would. And then there were places that I never thought would kind of make it into my book and then actually did. So it was actually also um, interesting to kind of see how some things played out and, you know, and other things did not.
0: Well, we're certainly biased, but we think if anyone has questions about DC, you should start with asking tour guides. Tour guides probably know more than you think and it's not all boring stuff we know some fun stuff too as those who listen to the podcast know and if we don't know the answer we probably know a tour guide who does i can't tell you how many people i refer to tim crap because i'm like <laughs> i don't know but tim knows
1: he really kind of knows everything doesn't he yeah
0: and he knows he knows everything
1: and and well and that's <laughs> and that's also just what makes him so endearing <laughs> <laughs> Um, This is so great. I love
0: hearing about your research process. And I I think it's interesting uh, what you were sort of saying about like things you thought were definitely going to be in the book, maybe not as intriguing. And then a lot of things you didn't know were going to be in it um, made their way in because in the course of of researching, you discovered them. It really reminds me a lot of how we sort of develop our tours. And so often you think a tour is going to include X, Y, and Z. And then as you start researching, you get down into the rabbit hole and you're like, oh my gosh, there's 10 more interesting things I'd rather talk about than the thing I thought I was going to talk about.
1: Absolutely, and also it was it was fun. To, you know, as you write, as I wrote this book, of course, I would check in right with my publishing company, and um, I would send you, let's say, ten entries at a time, or I would send ten more and so forth, just to see kind of a was I on the right track? B, you know, what they thought. And for the most part, I would say ninety nine percent of the entries and so forth that I sent in, they were like, that's great. And I, the other thing that I should mention, I tried to have a variety, right, and so. Many of the entries of course are in DC, but there are a fair amount of places that are in Northern Virginia, like Alexandria and Arlington and so forth. And there are a fair amount of places that are in Maryland, although the bulk are definitely in the city. Um, So I wanted a variety of locations. I wanted some that were government related, some were that places you could actually visit, some scandals, some controversies. Um, I wanted to make sure that I included Um, stories that involved women, because a lot of stories when, it's fascinating, when I was researching history and so forth, I mean, 99.9% revolved around men, right? And so I had to kind of actively seek out, and I I won't, you know, I won't say that there are, out of 84 entries, still are many kind of dominated by men, because that is how history has been told. But I made a, a concerted effort to make sure that I told stories of women and some were scandalous and so forth, which I think makes it even more interesting. Um, and, and so I wanted to make sure that I had a nice variety of, of stories to tell and histories to tell that would appeal to a nice wide range, um, that there would be something for everyone. Like I mentioned some for family, some for not. Um, and so that was fun as well, but I, there was one story that I found that was I mean, of course, espionage, right? Is like woven in to DC, into history, and of course, present day. And so I have some stories about spy sites and so forth, some stories that take place, you know, at the Mayflower and, you know, um, in Georgetown and so forth. But I had one story about a couple that they were spies and they also were involved in swinging. And so they gathered a lot of intel through their swinging ways. And that story got mixed (laughs) Was it considered too salty? <laughs> yep. It was a little too racy. And like, in hindsight, looking back, they weren't wrong. Like, it, you know, it was, it was one of the things that my editor was like, this is a great story. This cannot be in the book.
0: <laughs> I'm already going to say it. We're going to have you back on the podcast and we're going to do an episode on the swinging spy couple.
1: One do that. <laughs> thousand percent. I, I mean, the entry is written. I have it. I can send it to you. Um, it's a really fascinating story. But yeah, it was a little bit too racy as... As my editor said, it's, you know, not a PG, PG, even PG-13. Yeah, so we'll have to talk about that at length at another time. See, and people think Washington, D.C. is boring. They think we're a buttoned-up town. They have no idea. No idea. I know. Oh, there's some scandal. There's some scandal. (laughs) (laughs)
0: So I definitely want to give you a chance to share maybe a a not quite as racy story, but to maybe share a particular uh, highlight from your book. Obviously, we don't want to give the whole thing away because we want everyone listening to go and buy a copy themselves or several copies to share with people. Um, But I do want to give everyone a little taste. Uh, When we were sort of talking about what you could share, you had suggested a story that immediately uh, like lit me up because I'm a huge, huge Lincoln buff. Uh, DC by foot, um, our our tour company that sponsors the podcast podcast we do a ton of lincoln tours the lincoln family shows up on a lot of tours we do a lincoln assassination tour if you listen to the podcast we've done robert todd lincoln and we've done a lot of lincoln adjacent figures but we have not actually done this particular story yet so i'm really excited for you to share why don't you share one of your your stories yeah
1: This is a story that I did not know about. And I found, because like you said, when you research DC or just history, President Lincoln comes up a lot. And actually there are other stories in my book that do have to do with Lincoln, uh, including the, the plotting of his assassination and so forth. Um, but one story I came across was about Mary Todd Lincoln, which, um, and the story basically revolved around how she participated pretty frequently in seances. Um, and so, I have this, I think a lot of us are pretty interested and fascinated by the occult, right? And so of course I, I dove into this story. And so Mary T. Lincoln, basically she participated in seances as did a lot of people during the civil war era, right? And regardless of class or you know, your standing in society it was something that became, I don't wanna say acceptable but it became more popular and more frequent especially because so many individuals were losing loved ones in the war right and so with the heavy death toll um people were looking to connect and would you know attend these séances or spirit circles and so she was a frequent attender um when her when her son willie died and so there is rumor that Abraham Lincoln joined her in some of the séances not so much that he actually believed in it per se but more so that he was just curious and wanted to kind of support her and also to kind of be there to protect her in a sense. Um, But of course, when you hear that the first lady is participating in seances, that's a little bit of a scandal, right? And so people started to gossip and so forth. And so um, I won't tell the whole story, but it got out that she was participating in this and that he, Lincoln, was also participating. And there were, you know, individuals who tried to blackmail them and so forth. And they kind of had to try to navigate that and so forth. But it didn't deter her from um, participating in seances. Um, and so she participated for, um, even then some, even after there was kind of some scandals and gossip going around around her. So I thought that was fascinating. Um, I know seances also occurred at the White House. Um, from my research, there wasn't any proof that Abraham Lincoln attended those seances at the White House, but the ones at president at the Lincoln's cottage um, He was known to attend, not as frequently as his wife, of course, but at some time he did. Yeah.
0: I always get the impression sort of based on my research that Lincoln is very much, uh, when he does attend, it's, I think, out of protection of her. And sort of uh, an attempt to be a good husband and a supportive husband, but also uh, some concern that she was being scammed, which unfortunately, because of her profile and her interest in spiritualism and these these seances, and and it's, it's heartbreaking, right? To lose a child, uh, and Mary Todd Lincoln will ha- would have lost a second child by this point. Um, so you can understand a mother's grief, unfortunately, because of who she is, she is targeted by, by people who are not, uh, do not have an honest interest in helping her connect
1: Excellent. Exactly. And I, and that part of it is also included in the entry. I don't want to give it all away. Um, but yeah, there, there it makes you
0: feel for her though. Like not only to have to go through this terrible loss and grief to have to go through it while in this big public platform and have so many people watching you and judging you, but then to sort of be targeted, um, and taken advantage of Right.
1: And so, right. And like when you're at your most, when you're vulnerable like that, and then for individuals to try to take advantage of that and manipulate that is just, I mean, it just compounds it even further. Yeah, no, um, she's a fat. I, I actually, this made me really want to learn more about her. Um, and so if you have a good tour for me to go on, I would love <laughs> to attend that because I find her just- fascinating.
0: She's so interesting. And we have talked a little bit about Mary Todd Lincoln on the podcast. Someday I hope to do a whole episode to really dig in on her life. I think she gets a really bad rap in the history books. We tend to focus on the worst aspects of her personality, which we don't do with men, we, but we tend to do with women in history. Um, Cause she has like anybody, she had good, good aspects and bad aspects. Sure. Um, and she definitely, I think, uh, you know, she's in such a public position at kind of the most difficult time in her life, and that has to have been so hard. But I I, I am very sympathetic to her in many aspects. Um, we do talk about her on our Lincoln Assassination Tour. We also talk about her and spiritualism, particularly on our Wicked Georgetown Tour, um, which you probably know. But for our listeners, there is actually um, a couple of really cool spiritualism sites in historic Georgetown. And there were quite a few practitioners of uh, spiritualism. There were um, people who dabbled in seances and the occult uh, during the Civil War and, and up to today in Georgetown. So uh, that's all I'll say about that. But we do want our wicked Georgetown go into Mary Todd Lincoln and her seancing a little.
1: I have it. Well, I'm going to join for sure. And, and it's interesting because I mentioned earlier that I wrote a story about how the American Indian Museum was built on this former brothel, and so I researched that. And through the event that I met you at, um, I met another Katie Kirkpatrick, who is a wonderful tour guide. And she's fantastic, wonderful. She runs off the mall tours, and so she and I have connected. Actually, we're doing a book event soon together, and she does a prostitution of DC tour. And so I went with a friend of mine the other night. It was a walking tour on Friday night, and some of the stories I knew and some I did not. And so even, you know, even as you feel like you know things, whether it's a place in the city or, you know, stories or history, you're constantly learning more and more and more. And Katie is an expert in the field. And she just, she had shared Friday night, a new revelation that she had just discovered that day. Right. And she's been, so it just kind of goes to show that. You are. And this is the teacher and me, of course. Like you're never done learning, right? And no matter if you've lived here for fifty years or you've lived here for five years or you're just visiting for the first time, you're bound to learn something new or discover some some place new um, that you didn't know before. Just because the history is also kind of always unfolding, right? It's 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 amazing. It's amazing. And I, I do
0: think we're so lucky to get to live in a place that has such a depth and breadth of history in one place that has layers and layers and layers of history and to live in a city where I think in the last um, five, 10, 15 years, there's been a real uh, renewed interest in uncovering some of these untold histories, focusing more on women, focusing more on black history, focusing more on native history uh, and focusing on the things that are maybe a little less pretty, the more scandalous, the more sort of dangerous side of history. Um, So I, I just think we're so lucky to have that incredible richness in DC absolutely absolutely Joanne I am so so excited to get your book I literally am pre-ordering it as we speak but uh, please share with our listeners one how they can get the book also how they can find you Um, I know you've got a lot of great events coming up so so share with us how we can stay up to date with Secret DC
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, the full title, it's a very long title of the book, uh, is Secret Washington, D.C., A Guide to the Weird, Wonderful, and Obscure. Um, I have a website. It's secretdcbook.com. So on that website, you can order my book. You can learn more about me. You can get, um, there's a synopsis of the book. I also include some stories that did not make it into the book um, in the sense that I wrote several stories that, A., the racy ones, but, but also ones that just, there wasn't enough room in the book. So ones that were interesting, but didn't kind of make the cut. Um, And then book events as well. So I have a whole um, tab that features, you know, some virtual book talks with bookstores, um, like East City Bookshop and Politics and Prose, as well as some book signings at Steadfast Supply and other places. Um, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram at at Joanne underscore Hill underscore DC because Joanne Hill is a very, very common name. Um, And of course, as I mentioned earlier, my blog is DC Globe Jotters. That's with a J uh, dot org. So you can find me in lots of different places. Um, But yeah, my book, secretdcbook.com.
0: And we will put all these links in our show notes so you can make sure to check it out. I want to thank you so much, Joanne, for being with us. I am 100% going to have you back so we can talk about the swinging spies. That's going to be amazing. And I'm sure my I, colleague Rebecca will want to join because that's right up our
1: alley. I kind of can't wait to talk about the swinging spies. <laughs> and maybe I'll even find some other fun, scandalous spy swinging. If I, like, I'll do my best so we have a lot to talk about. we are going to just have
0: to dig into swinging research. Researching swingers, and,
1: and I'm okay with that. I'm I'm t- perfectly fine with that. Um, no, this has been so great. I'm so, so I'm so happy that our connection kind of came full circle, and we were able to do this. I look forward to being on. Again, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for having me.
0: You're so welcome. Uh, For our listeners, we want to thank you guys so much for tuning in to another Tour Guide Tell All podcast, Uh, particularly for our patrons who are getting a first listen to this episode. We want to thank you guys so much for your support. Uh, We love our patrons. You guys really make this happen. If you're listening to this um, and you're not a patron, that means you didn't get to hear it first and you can by supporting us. We have patrons at every level starting at $3 a month. Uh, Being a patron literally helps us keep the podcast going, so definitely check it out if you're not you can find us at tour guide tell all on facebook and instagram at tour guide tell on twitter and you can always email us if you have questions about uh, joanne's book if you have questions about any of our episodes or you have something you want to share on the podcast email us at tour guide tell all at gmail.com thank you guys so much and we'll see you next time